guys, this is Abdeswadu and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name is J-Mac and I am your host. Fulham Focus wish all our listeners a happy new year. The pod team were cryogenically frozen over Christmas, but like Austin Powers, we step out of the sleep chamber, the smoke clears and we scream, 2019, baby! And we lose again to Arsenal. But are there positives? Is there hope? Does the result flatter the Gunners or are we doomed? My lovely co-hosts will help me decide. But first, thank you to Abdez. Wadu for opening the show. Wadu made 38 appearances for the Whites and played in seven of the eight matches during our Intertoto Cup triumph. We will win it again. He is vocal on social media about his love for Fulham and had one of the funniest songs sung about him. Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. Check out Danny Boy's Q&A with Wadu on our website, fulhamfocus.com. Abdez Wadu, we salute you. Matt Dom and Don Love are with me. Let's try to enjoy ourselves. Fulham. So, here we are. Happy New Year's to you both, gents. Been a while. I'd like to start with you, Don. Happy New Year. And uh, what did you make of the starting lineup when you saw it? Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. It's been a while. Uh, Good to be back. And hopefully everybody's going to have a great New Year, uh, including Fulham. You know, starting lineup. I don't think there's... Well, let me let me restart that. I do think there was some shockers there. I was going to say, I don't think there was any real shockers in that uh, AK was on the bench. I kind of thought maybe all that was under the bridge, you know, water gone. Maybe he was being punished. I, I don't really know, but regardless, he was on the bench. Schurler back. I, again, am getting sick and tired of this, people giving him stick, but I think he still is doing very well. He's the one who provided the crosses that... Sess almost got on and uh, different things. So hmm. I still think he's one of our more creative players out there. So, you know, for him to be starting, I think is great. CC starting. I don't know. You know, that, that was interesting to see him finally come out of the woodwork. So <laughs> I, I didn't think he did all too bad. You know, I can't say it was great. Uh, it was an interesting choice, obviously, because Chambers can uh, play against his parent club, but, I know you're a big fan of him. So what did you think? You're the one who likes him and wanted to see him back. I thought Cissé looked like a safe pair of hands for the time that he was on, to be honest. I mean, he didn't wow us. I mean, I wouldn't say he was a 10 out of 10, but I would give him right. a, a solid 7 out of 10 for what he did. I think he was good at sitting back. He he marked well, and his passing was very impressive. I mean, Matt, what did you think of Cissé's debut in the, about 20 years? Yeah, well, happy New Year, New Year everyone. Um, I... When I saw his name in the lineup, I thought, has it really come to this? You know, here's, here's a player who couldn't get a look in, in the championship and all of a sudden here he is starting for us in the Premier League. But, you know, I agree with you. I think he he was he was solid. He had a good game. Um, he didn't want to get too far forward. And I think that was actually beneficial for the way we, we want to play under uh, Ranieri. I think he sort of gave Tom Kearney a bit of freedom um, and he, he looked a bit better than he has done recently because he was alongside Cissé. Um, 
but you know he is what he is he's he's not gonna have an outstanding game i don't think he's just gonna do his job and he did it he did it okay i question whether he was at fault for their first goal either him or tc i thought should have tracked the the man coming from the middle uh shaka but yeah all in all i was quite happy with that and i I wouldn't be uh, upset to see him start again don't you think that's the problem with most of our goals is still people not tracking the players from the midfield so we have all these unmarked players that are constantly coming down the midfield unmarked and getting in behind reem lamashan whoever you know uh, and that's how our goals are getting scored more times than not because we're not marking these midfield players. We just let them run freely right down the middle. Now, I agree. I think Sussie did a great job of holding back, and I'm wondering that's probably his marching orders were, you know, be the holding defender midfielder and allow Tom to be the more creative attacking midfielder. Now, with mm. that said, that's kind of what I want to see Tom. You know, that's where Tom shines is – in my mind, and this is what I say every time, playing number 10, sitting behind Metro, helping to supply those oh-my-God passes, you know, or getting maybe that chance to get a shot off on his left foot. So, Sese was okay in my mind, but I do think not just him, most of our goals are still being caused because of those unmarked runs out of the midfield. Yeah, I agree. And there's only so much that a centre-back can do, right? I mean, I mean, to, to be honest, the first goal from Xhaka, which we'll come a bit more onto in a minute, looks at first to me like Ream just not not getting his bearings right at all. But in fact, like you say, it's TC not tracking back with Xhaka. I mean, that's meant to be his area of the person that he's meant to be guarding. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to TC because I think he he's starting to look like 80% when he's on the ball and 20% when he's not on the ball. And it's becoming a serious problem for the star that Ranieri wants to play. But, I mean, for the first half, I mean, regardless <laughs> regardless of the score, I thought we, we looked quite good. I mean, do you think, Don, that we were actually quite solid defensively or were Arsenal just asleep? You know, it's one of these things where I kind of think this whole season for Arsenal is still about them trying to figure out themselves, you know, what Mm. what kind of team they're going to become under their new manager, their style of play. So I think in the first couple of minutes for us, we were able to take advantage of that. They, you know, them still trying to get their footing as far as a team. Now, you know, sadly for us, the caliber of players that are on Arsenal, you know, even though they, you know, were on their back foot, they're, solid players they were able to athletically you know and willingly just stop whatever we were trying to do now we got unlucky several times we really should have been ahead there at least by one if not two Um, Mm. so it it was a shame we we could not take advantage of the first couple minutes we actually looked really well and this is kind of the beauty of the formation he's playing everybody really thinks he's playing three in the back but it's kind of a floating formation. And what I mean by that is, yeah, it's officially it'll say three in the back, but everybody has to guess at what time, what are they doing? Because the announcers actually think it's five in the back. And the reason that is, is because he's basically playing a three, four, three. And what happens is your wings actually become almost like your fullbacks and become more like five in the back when we're defending. But as we go forward to attack, it can actually almost become five in the midfield for attacking right and that's that's a great thing you know at at the beginning of the whole game that's kind of what we actually were doing is we only had the three in the back and we pushed the five to the midfield and we were more attacking and it looked great the problem is again though we switch off you know as a team and 
we allow the littlest things to just undo us. Um, mm. And we switched off immediately after those chances, which were absolute gold dust to look at. But I mean, we just we thought that you they were going in the each heads time. Drop. It was sad. I know. It was so sad. It was so, and it's for, especially for Sess, who you know comes onto social media and apologizes immediately. I mean, it's so nice to see a player that's only eighteen to have such a you know. He's going to be a future such... captain somewhere. I, I, I hope so. Captain of a team, I can just tell. Yeah, I mean, and so Matt, what did you think of the chances? That I mean, is Sess out of form? Do you think? I mean, he should be burying those, shouldn't he? I mean, it was a wonderful assist by Charlotte, one of them as well. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, the first goal, I don't. It wasn't the easiest chance I've ever seen missed. I mean, he, he should have put it on target, sure. The second one, yeah, I mean, absolutely, you have to score that because he he just he's you know swung at air and he's completely missed it. He has to bury that, and you know, nine times out of ten, he would do. But the thing is, he's getting in those positions for me. That's that's what we need from him. He's right. He made that run for um, was it? Uh, Shirley played him through for the first one. I can't remember who who played him through, but you know he made that run and got into that position. And for the second goal, he's he's got off his man and he's he's aimed for the far post and he's done everything right apart from score. And we we need him to play whether he's on on form or not. You know he's he's perhaps not quite up to Premier League standard yet. But that said, he's got a telepathic understanding with Mitrovic. He gets mm-hmm. into positions. He he knows where to go to where he knows where the ball's going to go, and you know we need him and Mitro in order to stay up. I think you know the two of those, if they can really work on their understanding and and if they can work together and see what we saw from them last season, then that that will be the thing whether we stay up or not. I think. And it's a shame to see him miss those goals. His head did go down, and he was absolutely gutted about it. But he gives his all, and you know. Certainly, for some points this season, you can't say that about most of the players. No, quite. But let's go on to that because, Don, you were saying how you're getting frustrated with the lack of love or respect for Shallow. And I sort of know what you mean, but at the same time, I'm, I must confess, I'm one of these people that hate him sometimes too. But he did assist that, you know, that miss, that second miss from Sess. I mean, he, he is a frustrating player to watch, but I think he does do more than we actually give him credit for. What, what, what are your thoughts on Shallow? I mean, he should always be starting, do you think? I'm not going to say he should always be starting. I mean, let's not forget, he's 38? How old is he, 35? Uh, uh, Shudder is 28 years old, I believe. No way! <laughs> yeah. He's only 28? I think so, hold on. Let me just check. Why everybody gives to... him stick about Yeah, yeah, he's 28. He he's, like, he's 28. Definitely mid I was, I was thinking he was like being another Griggs, you know, going to play until he dies. Uh, everybody gives him <laughs> so much stick, you know, about how, oh, he's old, you know. I'd say, that's not that old, God bless. Uh, Here's my thing. Okay. I guess he does show he is losing some of his pace. And I think that's where people do get frustrated. I also think that he is more of a creative style player than a defensive player. I think that's pretty obvious. So the frustrating part is for people in this formation, especially where you're trying to transition constantly on the wings from defending to attacking that he doesn't necessarily track back completely or always do the right thing defensive-mindedly to help out, say, like Brian or Reem or whoever else is out there on the left-hand side defending. So for that part, yeah. I, I understand their frustration. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but... Go ahead. No, this. go ahead, John. 
No, no, no. I was please go on. I, well, I, I my thing is, what he does bring is his creativeness. You know, if you watched in the first, especially in the first five minutes, he gets the ball down in their their half of the field, down in the corner, and he still manages to get a cross off. Okay, yes, the goalie came out and claimed it because none of us were really in there. You know, I don't think anybody expected the ball to be coming across like that. But he provides a lot of great things. You know, he, he's fed off Tom Carney and, and, and his passes. He's fed off Metro and his passes. He's fed off uh, Ryan and, you know, and Brian, uh, you know. So I'm sorry, he should be, maybe if he's not starting, he is always one of those guys that's on the bench and we're looking to get in if possible. More than Vito to me, okay? Uh, yeah, fair enough. So for me, it's either AK Ryan or Schurler who are going to be one of the top three up there with, um, with Metro and, you know, Tom should always be behind them in my mind, always be behind them. Okay. Well, you mentioned Metro. Um, Metro's going through this spell at the moment. Now I'll, I'll bring this to you, Matt in Huddersfield. He scored the winning goal, which is fantastic. And we love him. We love how he acted when AK missed the penalty, um, before he missed the penalty, kissing him on the head, signs of leadership, captain, wonderful. But at the moment, Mitrovic is, missing a lot of opportunities i mean a header straight at leno in the 32nd minute uh he missed another header well header on target but straight at the keeper again the 68th minute i mean is he out of form what is going on there do you think yeah stuff i mean he he could have got the winner against newcastle as well uh, a couple of games ago but it's it's tough i mean an on for mitro i think probably scores that uh that one in the second half before before ak scored but i mean I I put it back to you as I think we rely on him too much. You can't mm. expect your striker to put away every chance. He never has done. He won't. And no striker in the world does put away every chance. But he's working so hard in the build-up of these chances. He's putting everything into it. He needs some support. He needs some goal scorers around him. Um, or at least people to put it on a plate for him. Because he's he's so often the, the point of attack and then brings the ball down, lays it off. And then he's, you know can't always get into the box in time he needs some support there was a chance i think it was against um uh it might have been against newcastle or, was, or the game before where he he brought it down brilliantly took it around a player and then set up um ak i think it was who missed the chance yeah. and he needs to be on the end of that and also be creating it so i think we, we rely on him too much he's got too much to do so it's not really a case of him being out of form it's just he doesn't have the quality around him that that he's got and that's that's a big problem for us and you mentioned AK there and the lack and the, the assistance needed for Mitro I mean AK came on and for me changed the game once again not yeah, hugely absolutely. but something 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 happened and there was this moment and this I think it was the 72nd minute it was of AK, AK and uh gives this pass to Mitro and it is just that passing accuracy is just a little bit too much under par and if the right pass is made that goes straight to Mitro so Mitro is sort of getting the chances but not at the accuracy or precision or quality that we need right now uh, Don what were your thoughts on AK coming on especially after all the drama from last week well I'll go back to Mitro real quick and, and of course yeah my thing with strikers is this okay there's always going to be a period in every striker's career uh, you hope not more than one but you know they're going to have a bit of a drought and a lot of that comes down to confidence, you know. So I say if we just stay behind him, keep 
giving him all the support and love that he truly needs. Keep giving him opportunities and it's going to come. I I just think he's one of those guys, maybe he goes through a little bit of dry spell, but when he starts firing, you know, he's going to be on fire again and bang, bang, bang. So don't give up on him. I, I think he's, he's still going to come around and, and provide uh, us with several great goals this season. As far as AK coming on, you know, big to do, who knows, you know, why he started on the bench and not, you know, on the field. Uh, again, I can see, depending on the match, AK or Schurler, you know, it just depends on what kind of style you're looking for. For me, yeah. AK is not as creative. He's more strength. And that can be a good thing, you know, especially with Metro. If Metro can lay it off and AK can help hold it up and refeed back into Metro, that'd be awesome. I don't see a lot of that happening right now. Uh, I do think AK's first touch lets him down a lot of times. He doesn't quite settle it properly or he doesn't quite settle it to where he can do the next step, you know, whether that's take a player on or get the shot off. So I do think he's not like, oh, my God, caliber for the Premier League. I don't know that he ever will be, but I could see him developing into a solid, you know, at least promotion style, maybe champions team. Um, You know, I think AK... Everybody says he's not the finished product. He is 20, isn't he? Or 23? I believe he's, he's 23. Like, yeah, he's 23. So he's not like, oh, my God, young. He's Maybe he's not quite the finished product, but I do think he's kind of going to start hitting. This is kind of going to be his level. you know. Uh, yeah. I don't see him being like the, oh, my God, starting striker for anybody, at least not in the Premier League. He does bring a lot of energy and he works his butt off. Oh my God, he works his butt off. So, you know, you got to give him credit for all of that. He, he yeah. does run fiercely at everybody. There were a few times, I will say, he played more the number nine, the, the more the striker than Metro did. And Metro was a little more deep than I would have liked. Now, I could see Mitchell being frustrated and dropping back, trying to create his own chances. He does an awfully good job of doing that, you know, winning the ball, winning headers, feeding Sess and, and Schurler and, and AK. So I can understand that. But, you know, I, if we want Mitchell to be scoring more, we've got to get him up top and feed him more. That's the bottom line. Well, that's interesting because we talk about, you know, we've got to get Mitro up top and Mitro, you said he was playing deep. In order to get AK on, uh, we got rid of, we got rid of Sherla. But also before, at the same time, just before that, we had Seri come on for Cisse. Now, when Seri came on for Cisse, that was all well and good because Seri actually, I thought, played very well. He actually was involved with the build-up play, giving it to Seth, which has assisted AK for the goal. But when you have Seri and Tom Kenny together, on that pitch, it just spells out recipe for no one sitting in front of the defense and no one actually sitting back then. And it just becomes an absolute mess, like a, like a create, like too many cooks spoil the broth mess. So it's, it was a, I thought Seri played very well, but once again, if Seri's on there and Turkani's on there, who the hell is staying back and doing the Danny Drinkwater right. role that we actually require right now? Right, right. Um, you know, and, and it led to even more goals. I mean, we had the Lacazette goal, but then we had the Ramsey, the really frustrating, the bogeyman Ramsey, who, as soon as I saw him about to come on, I was like, well, he's going to score. 
you know, because he just he just like you're doing the only one who apparently them. wanted him come on because Arsenal was kind of like upset that he was coming on and what's his name was leaving their 80 yeah. million whatever expensive players so and that was the most noise they made the whole game the Arsenal fans it's ridiculous right um you know but the, the Ramsey rebound goal I mean and this comes on to another substitution and who I think is at fault for this and Matt I'll go to you who do you think I could possibly be talking about uh one of the substitutions that was at fault for the Ramsey goal in the 78th minute uh, we t- we talking Mensa here Oh yes, there we are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I really don't know what he's got to offer. Um, <laughs> the 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 problem is, Christie is a better player, but I don't think he offers much more defensively. Um, yeah, I, I think we've got a real problem at the back uh, on the on the right back position because you know Fredericks would probably have been the same in this system. Certainly, you know he he doesn't. He's not he's not strong enough. He's not. Um, he doesn't read the game well enough. And I think you know, Mensah or Christie, take take your pick out of them. I think Christie is a better option for us certainly, and I'd send Mensah back. But but yeah, I mean, he still a weird decision it, though, wasn't it? it, it is it that? <laughs> I mean, there's there's a few. If you looking really harshly, you can blame quite a few. Which goal are we specifically referring to? The third one or the fourth? Well, hold on, the Ramsey one. The Ramsey one, yeah. Why do you think they took off Christy? Was he that awful? They just said, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta take him off." And I mean, him. you look at a lot of the goals we concede, and most of them come from that side of the pitch. Yeah. And you know, Christy, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, give Adoy too much stick today. But Christy and Adoy in the right centre back slot, I don't think they're good enough, and I think teams target both of them. Mm. Um, and we can certainly see that because you know they're they're. Um, was it their third goal or what their second goal? I can't remember which one, but <laughs> so you came from the left and we, we were kind of marking them tight. But then again, there was a, a run that went into the box that wasn't followed and all the defenders had to come across. But they, again, it came from that side and I think we've got a big problem there. So, so yeah. in, in answer to the question, Don, yeah, I think, I think he's not good enough. But the only well, option, the, if the only option is to bring in uh, Timothy Fossey Mensah, then you might as well keep Christie on the pitch. As far but as my I'm question concerned. to both of you guys is, that's a weird substitution. Christy may not be good enough, but he's worse than the alternative. I guess. I don't know. I, I guess Claudio sees uh, Timothy as a better going forward, and I don't necessarily agree with that. But certainly, he can't defend. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what he came on came on to do. Yeah, because uh, we were chasing the game, weren't we, at that point? Massively, and I think I think you know Christy coming off potentially was Claudio thinking well. Let's give Mensa a shot because I'm about to get rid of him and let's see if he actually surprises me. I don't know, potentially the w- one last throw at the dice with Fossey Mensa. But when the way Mensa just watches the ball get set up with from Gwenduzi to um, uh, Kolasinic, and then, you know, it was just an absolute, it was parody. It was absolutely parody. And then, like you say, Matt, you know, it is the right hand side because then Adoy. It, first, it rebounds off the post, and Adoy just watches Ramsey get the ball back. I mean, it's just it's really, really slow, and it is the right hand yeah, side, like you said. It's tough. It's tough. I think it's hard. Personally, I think it's hard to blame anyone specifically. It's mm-hmm. kind of on another day that the block goes wide and it doesn't hit the post, doesn't it? And you know that's what yeah. happens where you know when you're second bottom in the league. Um, I, I would question perhaps we got a bit too tight uh, marking their players, 
and they were able to roll us quite on quite a few occasions you know they they turned and passed and turned and passed and we couldn't keep up with it and then from that point we looked like headless chickens but it's kind of i'm reluctant to pin that on anyone it's just yeah the fact of the, the fact that we, we we can't handle that kind of movement and we haven't been able to all season and it's undone us again so with what you both are saying i asked both of you this for me i'm okay with the left side right now as far as defense you know if you've got uh mlm uh limachon reem and brian over there as you know pretty much kind of taking up the left i think we'll be okay no, I'm not saying uh, we're going to be fantastic. I think we'll be okay for the rest of the season. I'd be I more mean, concerned. This is my question to you okay, guys, yeah. and this is what I think. I'm more concerned with the right side right now, especially Adoy. Although I will say, I'll give everybody credit when they deserve it. He did have a pretty damn good game against Huddersfield. So I agree. Thank yeah, God yeah. for that. You know, and I wish he'd have more games like that. But Christy Adoy. Uh, the right is the problem I see right now. And that's the side. Uh, oh, and a center back. We'll get to that, I guess. But for me, it's more right. Do you guys think it's both? Because I well, can be okay I, I, with the left. I, I mean, I hear, I hear what you're saying, and I, I heard bits of what Matt was about to say, that I think the left-hand side isn't perfect, but I think the right is definitely a lot worse. I mean, with Maybe Joe Bryan, for instance. Yeah, I mean, with, with Joe Bryan, for instance, he's... Um, he he's like he has flashes of hot and cold for me, and he but he is crossing the ball, and he is actually I, I'm I'm getting a bit more impressed with him uh, game by game. I think Tim Ream is slightly slightly looking like the player um, who found his form for us um, in the second half of the season. Last I mean, don't year. get me wrong; um, I wouldn't mind like Taggart or somebody back, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, target. Target would be good to have back, but I think I can't see that happening now. We've got Joe Bryan. I don't think I don't, I don't think that's actually something we should be worried about, especially if we've got Maxime Lamarchand who could play left back as well. It's just certainly the right for me. What are your thoughts, Matt? Well, see, my problem is that I don't think there. Well, there isn't anything we can do about this, and certainly there's nothing we're going to do about this for a while. Mm. Is we have gone from an attacking team. You know, we were winning the praise of the pundits all of last season. We were making teams look silly, left, right and centre. We we played Wolves of the Park, remember, just about a year ago. Yeah. And we were playing some great stuff. We, we were always a bit suspect defensively, sure. So we, we went up and partly, partly I think the Khans panicked because we had, you know, barely any points and we really need to stay up. And, you know, Slav's stubbornness cost him a bit and it's cost us a bit in that what I think we really needed when we were struggling early in the season, we needed a rock-solid defensive midfielder, someone who would sit in the hole, someone who would not venture forward, someone who would break up play but could also pass it um, quickly to the more creative players. Then we could have both Tom Kearney and Seri ahead of him because when Seri came on against Arsenal... I think the two of them worked quite well together. They, they certainly combined for our goal. And what we also needed is to have slightly more defensive fullbacks or certainly not ask both to bomb up the pitch at the same time. And I think that that wasn't really a lot. There wasn't a lot needed. And I think we, we were nearly there. We were just overcommitting. But now we've brought in Claudio Ranieri, who obviously has his own way of playing. He His focus is on defence. His focus is giving the other team the ball and breaking with it. 
But we've gone from our strength being our attacking players, and now we're focused on defending with, let's face it, I think apart from Alfie Mawson, a whole bunch of championship level defenders. And so I, I, I mean, I can see why we're struggling. And sure, enough, fair enough, we've got two clean sheets, but Arsenal have almost scored as many goals as Wolves, Newcastle and Huddersfield combined. So getting a clean sheet against two of those isn't the greatest thing in the world. Anyone can keep a clean sheet at home to Huddersfield, surely. So that, that's not much of a feat. Obviously, the way we won it was fantastic and everything. But I think we've made a mistake about bringing in someone who's so defensively minded with the players we've got. I don't know what you think about that, but that, that's my problem with, with, with the defence. Well, no, you know, I, go, I, go I, on, I'm feed off of that real quick. So I agree. I, I do think that the cons panicked, you know, when it came time to, uh, to switching managers. The other thing for me is I do think Ranieri is a little too defensive-minded, like Matt Dom is saying, to where when we went up against a team like Huddersfield, we're at home. Why are we not putting a more attack-minded, you know, first 11 on the pitch and going for it? We're, we're at home, number one. Number two, it's a team that, you know, we should be thinking, this is it. We got this. We can beat them, no problem. And instead, we, you know, that first half, we really sat back, and hence the halftime two substitutes. But I understand wanting to sit back against a team like Arsenal, Okay. But the problem is then the substitutions come in and we kind of lose that defensive shape like he wanted. And the reason I say that, again, it goes back to Siri and Tom. I don't think, you know, you can have both of them sitting back there playing with each other. Now, I know his options were limited, but I probably would have tried something a little bit different. I don't think I would have done just what he did as far as substitutions. Without, and this is where I'm going to go back or, or we can feed into, uh, uh, Moss and being uh, injured mm. without him or an even better, a solid, you know, like uh, company or somebody, you know, without that solid central defender taking charge, I just see us struggling the rest of this season. I just don't see us being even somewhat solid in the back. So we have definitely in this window, I pray to pray, pray, pray that the cons and, and them are on top of this and they are looking hard and, and very quickly to get us a big, solid center back. Now, with that said, I will give credit to Lee Machon. I don't know if you guys noticed during the game, but there were several times during the match where he was not afraid to give somebody a little bit of a, a tongue scolding, you know, for not doing this or that. Even to Reem, I saw him kind of say, you know, you didn't pick this guy up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I do see, you know, I could see uh, MLM becoming kind of that captain type person, at least helping with the back. So who knows, you know, maybe Reem does go back to the bench. A good, solid person comes in and he takes the right side. Odoi goes bye-bye. And we have MLM, you know, Lee Michon and this new guy being our center backs. I, I, I could honestly see that happening. Yeah, me too. And I think also with Reem, I, I was saying earlier how there were shades of him looking like the old player we once loved. And obviously we still love him regardless of his, you know, talents, but it helps when he's actually good. But when he was the, the fourth goal against Aubameyang, I mean, he may as well have just started hand building 
Heathrow Terminal 6 runway for him. I mean, he was literally just making... It just laid out a magic carpet for him just to <laughs> fly into the... I mean, it's just unbelievable okay. the amount of space he gave. Let so I was very disappointed with him in the end. Let me, let me ask you this, okay? And this is what I've been thinking for a while, and I don't know that people would agree with me, but instead of, like, the, the Arsenal game, if everybody was healthy, and let's say you've got... Lee Michon has got a better, more solid right-back, center-back partner... Instead of Siri being in there with Tom, because I really want to see Tom on the field more than I do Siri, I, I just think Tom's range of passing is much better, more attack-minded. Why can't, if Chambers isn't available, Ream be that position? Because Ream is more defensive-minded, but also has that great passing ability, okay? That is his one really good strength. His pace is not, okay? Let, let's face it. His pace is not going to be his, his big strength, especially for the Premier League. But his passing range. His ability to pick out these oh my god passes is phenomenal to me. So why doesn't he take over being you know him and Chambers working with whoever the attack minded is? Tell me that. So you mean three in the mid uh, three no, central no, 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 midfielders? No, no. What I'm saying is Chambers. It's either going to mm. be Chambers or Ream that is like your defensive hold minding. You know, so gotcha. when you go to put somebody in the middle with uh, say Tom. Okay, or Siri, instead of it being Sese or whoever, Reem sits in there and plays more the holding defensive midfielder. So even like, for example, the, our last uh, uh, formation, okay, if we were to start the game, officially it was supposed to be a 3-4-3. Three, three. In the middle, it would have been Brian on your left side, then Reem, Tom, and then Christy. Does that make sense? And then you're back if everybody was healthy, healthy would have been uh, Lima Sean, a new, hopefully stronger center back, uh, and then hopefully a new <laughs> left back. And Odoy and Chrissy are off in the wings, whatever. But do you follow me? And so I'm saying, you know how normally Chambers is sitting there next to Tom? Well, another option could be Reem. Yeah, I see what you mean, and I do. I do. I mean, I used to think because Reem did once upon a time play that position once or twice, sometimes um, just in front guarding the back four when we were in the championship. But I think now, do, do you know what I'm bored of, guys? Is this? And this is not. I'm not saying I'm bored of what you're saying, Donison. But I, I'm. I feel like on Twitter, on social media, on the forum, on the WhatsApp, we always talk about. Oh well, we could put K Mac in there and give that a go, or we could try this, or we could try that. I'm just so sick of trying players unnatural yeah and i just think we're just so we just need like you say need to attack this window because the amount of times we've tried oh well maybe you know we can play tom kenny as a wing you know it, it just doesn't work it just i'm so i, I think we just we're, we're beyond all this now um right. you know and, and i was i was going to talk about tom kenny a bit more actually i was going to talk about Cess and if you you know if, he, if those goals go in, it's a different game. We all know that. We don't need to talk about that. Of course, for those goals that go in, it's a different game. Who cares? It doesn't happen. Fuck off. The point is, with this, with Kearney at the moment, I'm starting to worry. I see him play, and I feel like he is just a player that is not made for what we need right now. I think his passing, the way he holds onto the ball is great, but it's not actually... It's not in the style that we need. It's not defend. He's not defensive. He doesn't track back. And I think Seri actually does a lot more than Tom. I mean, Matt, I'll go to you on this. Do you think Kenny is actually not? It just isn't what we need anymore. Because I'm really starting to think that Kenny is actually more of a problem than Scherler at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, I think on the first pod we did when um, Ranieri got appointed, I, I did question, I thought, I can't really see how Tom Kearney fits in this system that Ranieri likes to play. You know, he's been tried uh, on the right, that didn't work. He's been tried um, right up alongside Mitro, that didn't work. And against Arsenal, he was as part of the kind of two sitting a bit deeper uh, with Cisse. And he, he did okay. He did get stuck in a bit, but also he didn't track back from uh, the runners from midfield. So he's not the answer there. I do worry about his place in the team. You know, we, we obviously he's the, the club captain, but <laughs> a, a captain against Huddersfield is giving that ball to Mitrovic. I don't care if you take a, a punch in the face from AK, you give that ball to Mitrovic. He's the penalty taker and he's, he, he would have scored it. And it is kind of tricky. You know, there's been a few games recently where uh, he's been criticised for getting off the pitch too quickly and not applauding the fans and that kind of thing. I don't think he enjoys playing the style of football that Claudio Ranieri wants him to play. And, you know, to be honest, I don't enjoy watching it. We Tom Kearney is fantastic in a team where you, where you want 60, 70% of the ball. He's not fantastic in a team where you actively want 30% of the ball. And I've got an issue with that whole that whole kind of um, way of playing. And, well, Matt, let yeah, me ask you I don't you this. think Tom fits into it. Matt, let me ask you this. Do you think his pace is good enough? Do, do you think he kind of holds it a little too long sometimes and that's why he's constantly getting these awful tackles? Yeah, well, I mean, possibly. That, that's that's kind of what I meant by when you've, when you've got the ball and you're using it a lot and you're passing it around a lot, he's fantastic for that because you've got the time, you've got the space to do something with it. But yeah, a lot of the time he he doesn't see passes quickly enough, and that's that's just his style. Although I will say that you know his pass to um, Sessegnon for the the, the break the outside goal pass. we scored against Huddersfield that was fantastic. Yep. Um, if he can do that more often, then 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 maybe there is a place for him. But he's he's much more suited to possession football, and we we've thrown that away now. So that's right. Yeah, he doesn't fit. This is where. You know, you hate to say it, but there are only certain players who I think could really, really shine with better players surrounding them. And, you know, that's like, to me, Mitrovic, Ryan, Tom. I do see those guys having the capability to really, really shine if they were, you know, in a better team, had better players surrounding them. Finally, guys, I mean, I think we've said enough that we can't really defend and we can't really score now. I mean, I'll just bring it to you both. I mean, do you think, is this going to be harder than what Roy Hodgson did, do you think? I mean, are we actually, do you think we can still do this? And I'll go to you, Tom, with that. Oh, man. I do think this is harder than, than what Roy faced in... If you look at the team that Roy had, and a lot of people complain that they were, you know, older, the average age was more in the mid to upper 20s, I believe, for that team. But a lot of those guys were very talented people that came from other teams that, you know, had better players, but they were still great players, okay? Prime example, Danny Murphy, you know, we don't have that Danny Murphy right now in the, in the center field who takes charge, makes things happen, you know, gets great shots off on goal. So, you know, there's a prime example of the difference between what we have now and what we had then. So I do think it's going to be harder for Ranieri than it is for uh, 
than it was for Roy. And I think this goes back to what Matt Dom was saying earlier. One of the other things that we really need to bring in, I think, as, if we can as quickly as possible, is a better defense-minded assistant coach. You know, I think we're missing, or I just don't see where the defensive coaching is. So I really would love to see a, a, a brilliant-minded defensive coach come in and, and help Ranieri and Scott out. So this is really an important window. That's all I can say. Oh my God, this is such an important window. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully we'll be successful in it like we were last season. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on the season, Matt? Do you think this could possibly be a Hodgson part two? Could we actually get a great escape, you think? It's kind of hard. I don't I don't quite remember my thoughts about this time in you know 2018 when the great escape happened. On paper, I think this looks harder. Uh, but we've got obviously got the benefit of hindsight that Roy Hodgson had some fantastic players in that team who really, really dug in. And um, he made a couple of additions like, um, you know, Breda Hangeland to come straight into the heart of that defence. Oh, boy, do we need Breda Hangeland right now. But it was kind of, in a way, it was easier for Hodgson because he was following Laurie Sanchez, who was just an absolute long ball merchant, completely missed the midfield. And, you know, everyone hated him. And Ranier- Ranieri follows... Slav, who was who gave us a real identity that we could be proud of, but it's kind of it's the opposite in that we've now gone to much more defensive football. And you know, like I said, I'm not really enjoying it as much. I think his job is harder, you know, because we, we're still getting smashed by teams. That's the problem. Um, yeah. Once we we come off against a good team, they they can cut us open at will. And I haven't really seen anything apart from you know a couple of clean sheets against teams who aren't very good. To, to change my mind. Yeah, I feel the same, mate. And, well, look, let's, let's have a quick Ranieri rating from both of you, then we'll we'll have a bit of cheer with the quiz. Uh, Don, what, what would you give Ranieri out of 10 for his uh, managerial performance there? I think we started off well. Mm. Uh, I'm not so sure about his subs. So I give him a high six. High six. Very nice. And for you, Matt? Yeah, I've gone for a six as well. You can't take too much blame for players missing chances, but it's sort of just my own my own opinion. You know, there wasn't anything exciting that when we were getting tonked by teams under Slav. But honestly, I'm even less excited watching us now. Newcastle Wolves and Huddersfield, all that we were, we just looked dire in certainly the first half against Huddersfield. That was just terrible stuff. And you know, we come up against a team that who can attack and we're carved open again. So it has to be a six for me. All right, fair enough. And I'll probably give him a six as well, but maybe a low six because I don't really understand how in Huddersfield we decided to play very defensively and park the bus that Maladie style. But Arsenal away, we decided to actually give the game to them. It's just really bizarre for me. But anyway, let's um, let's move on. After this, we shall do a bit of quizzy. Let's do it. Fulham. And welcome back. And now we have time for the quiz. And just so you know, if you're playing along at home, you can get a total of 24 points. And each of my co-hosts here can get a total of 19 points. All right, round one. And it's all FA Cup related due to our next game with Oldham. Round one, guess the FA Cup round. The FA Cup begins for Fulham this weekend at home to Oldham. Here are five defeats and five wins that Fulham have experienced in the FA Cup during the new millennium. All you have to do is guess which round it was in. 
All right, so we'll start with the Fulham defeats. Now, the first Fulham defeat is in 2003-2004 season where Man United beat Fulham 2-1. But what round was it? And I'll go to you first, Don. And I'd just like to say before I say this, the lowest round you can get is third. Is the third round and the highest round you can get is semi-final. I'm going to say they went out in the fourth. The fourth round. Very good. And for you, Mr. Dunn? Um, I think a, a bit later on, maybe the... What well, was round when there's 16 left? Whichever that one is. That's sixth round? That's the quarterfinal, I believe. Uh, that'd be when there's eight. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just got the answer in front of me. I don't know what... Uh... Oh, the one before that, I think I was going for. The round five. Yeah, there you go. Okay, round five. All right. Round five. All right, neither of you are correct there. It was the quarterfinal where Man United beat Fulham 2 oh, 1. Oh. I know. Now, it's next question. It, no, no, it's not. Now, the next one, the next one is question two 2005 2006, Fulham 1, Leighton Orient 2. I'll go to you, Don. Which round was that? Jeez. Semi-finals. Okay, semi-finals for you. And for you, Matt? I think that was... I think that was the third round. You were right. It was the third round. Round three, exactly. Well done. So that is 1-0 to Matt. All right. And the next one, number three. 2010-11, Fulham nil, Bolton 1. Which round was it, please, Matt? Oh, man. Uh... Fourth. Fourth, okay. And for you, Don? Fifth. It was the fifth, so it's one all. Very nice. One all. Okay, right. Question four. 2013-2014. Fulham nil, Sheffield United won. And it was a replay after extra time result. And I'll go to you, Don. Fourth. All right, fourth. And for you, Matt? Oh, that was awful, wasn't it? Um... Mm -hmm. The good, the good old days. Um, can I go with the same? Yes, of course you can, because you are both correct. Yeah. Okay, so that's I will right. then. So you're both on two all. That's all right. I got excited for you. So like, okay. Question five, the last one from the Fulham defeat. 2015-2016, Sheffield Wednesday two, Fulham one. Right. Which round was it? And I'll go to you, Mr. Matt. Uh... I'm uh, going to go with third. Third, okay. And for you, Mr. Don? I was thinking the same, but uh, I'll, I'll say the fourth. Okay. It was the third. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It was the third. I, I, was, I, I felt really uh, regretted, actually. Let, let you get away with that, but never mind. Um, okay, so one, two, three. One, two. So it's three, two to Matt. Now we go on to the Fulham wins. All right. The first one. 2001-2002, West Bromwich Albion 0-0, Fulham 1. Which round was that done? Fifth. All right, the fifth. And for you, uh, Matt? What year was it? 2001-2002 season. Uh, I'm going to... No idea. going to go with fourth. Fourth, okay. We lost to Chelsea in the semis. It was the quarterfinals. Oh. It was the oh. quarterfinals, I'm afraid, guys. Unlucky. All right. Number two, 2008-2009 season. Kettering Town 2, Fulham 4. And I'll go to you, Matt, for that one. Kettering. I don't yeah, remember Kettering that at all. 
Um, I'm going to go third because I can't. Surely okay. they they didn't get that much further than that. And for you, Don, <laughs> uh, I would tend to agree, but I'll say the fourth. It was the fourth. That's exactly uh, right. It was round four. Nice one. Okay, and number three, the 2009-2010 season, Fulham four, Notts County nil. And I go to you, that Don. Which round was that? We'll stick with four. Okay, and for you, Mister Matt, uh, fifth. You are right. It was the fifth round. Very good. Okay. All right. Number four, 2010-2011 season. Fulham four, Spurs nil. And I'll go to you, Matt. That was a great game. Um, I'll go with fifth round again. Fifth round. And for you, Don? Uh, Fourth. It was the fourth round. It was the fourth round. Unlucky, Matt. Okay. And the last one, the last one here for the Fulham wins. 2014-15 2014-15 season, Wolves 3, Fulham 3. But with the replay, Fulham win 5-3 on penalties. Okay, so which round was that, please, Mr. Don? Third. Okay, third round for you. And Matt? Oh, man, I don't remember it at all. Um, just so I don't lose a point, I'll go with third as well. <laughs> all right. Tactical. Very good. And it was the third, so you both get a point each there. Nice one, guys. Nice one. So, in total, Don is on five and Matt is on four. Nice one. Oh, nice I one, thought guys. I was winning. Okay. No, I did as well, but you, it's, that, it's, I've done the Claudio the Ranieri there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round two, back and forth. Last 10 away wins in the Premier League. Since we are winless away from home this season in the league, we want you to name the last 10 clubs that Fulham have beaten on the road in the Premier League era. Just a club we beat, not the exact result. And you get five guesses each and back and forth and so on and so forth. And Don, because you're winning, you go first, mate. So name one team who we have won, the last, one of the last 10 teams that we have beaten away from home in the Premier League era. I feel like we haven't been winning at all. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to remember. It is in the Premier League, <laughs> at least. Um, especially since we haven't been here in a while. So, uh, Stoke City. Stoke City calling. Stoke City. Stoke City is not on the list. I'm afraid, sir. Unfortunately, never mind. And for you, Matt. Um, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Calling Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is completely right. The last away win we got was 4-1 to us. Crystal Palace won Fulham 4. It was on the 21st of October 2013. It was Kasami's wonder goal, and Sidwell's strike wasn't bad either. And it was a Berbatov header, and Senderos scored the first Premier League goal to be given by goal line technology with a scissor kick. So there you go. Very good. Very good. And Don, next for you, sir. Uh, how about West Ham? West Ham. West Ham is not on the list, I'm afraid, Don. Unlucky, sir. All right, Matt, next for you. Um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Spurs. Spurs, you are right. Spurs, the last one of our last away wins was one nil against Spurs at White Hart Lane on Catch the 17th of March 2013. It was Berbatov, mate. Oh, it was Dimitar Berbatov. But luckily, you don't lose a point for saying the wrong one. So that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> luckily. <laughs> All right. All right. Done. Uh, give me another team, sir. Didn't, didn't we? We beat Liverpool one time, didn't we? By the hair of our chinny chin chin. We did. 
We did. We beat them 1-0. That was in the last 10 away wins. It was on the 1st of May 2012. And Martin Skirtle scored an own goal. Well done, mate. Very good. Martin Skirtle. Okay, and Matt, next one for you, mate. All right. Since since you've got a pretty good record up there, I'm going to go on Newcastle. Newcastle is absolutely wrong. Newcastle oh. is not on the list, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, not that. in the last 10. I, I am we too, actually. Team. Yeah, we are, but obviously in the championship only. It just doesn't, not, well, not in the, not in the, uh, not in the Premier League for some time. And Don, next one for you. Hey, uh, I just was thinking about that. How about our neighbor? Uh, didn't we beat them in the, the Premier League one time, QPR? It was a big deal. Yeah. It was. I do remember that, but unfortunately, that was not in the last ten away wins. Unfortunately, Don, I'm <sighs> sorry, mate. So no, it's not there. And for you, Matt, um, and go. We're going to go with Newcastle's nearest rivals, Sunderland. Sunderland, Sunderland. You are right. Sunderland is nil. Fulham one on the seventeenth of August, two thousand thirteen. Kasami scored from a corner. Very good. All right. And last guess for you, Don. Uh, back in the day, back in the day, did we ever beat Norwich? We did beat Norwich 2-1. We beat Norwich on Boxing Day 2013 with a Kasami free kick and a Scott Parker scored the winner. Very good. All right, man. And Matt, last guess for you. Kasami didn't get that many goals for us, did he? It seems like he did. I don't know why we let go of him. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I think, isn't that the one where uh, Scotty scored his goal? He was so excited. He ran over to the corner flag. And he like punched the flag and then uh, shook hands or something with a ball boy. I do remember something like that actually. I can't. It was like remember. a classic, you know, admiration between uh, a, a sideline ball boy. I thought and Scotty, you know, um, I, that's somehow that's sticking in my mind. Don't remember. Don't remember. I'm afraid. I don't remember. I just. Um, I just. I mean. I remember it was. Anyway, sorry, Matt. Go. On. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of teams who were. Rubbish and potentially after the 2012 kind of time. So I'm going to go with Wigan. Oh, Wigan. I love Wigan. Um, Wigan is absolutely right. We beat Wigan on the 22nd of September 2012-2-1. It was Rodriguez's first goal against his former club and Duff with the second goal scored it. All right. Awesome stuff. So, Don, that means you are on seven. And Matt, that means you are on eight. Yeah, that's what I got. Eight. Yeah, eight, seven. Okay, nice one, nice one. And now we're going into the final round, which is guess the player. And you know how it works. I name out 10 facts about this player, and you shout out when you think you know the answer, and I will keep naming the facts. But before I do that, I'll just say the 10th uh, game, we beat Bolton 3-0 on the 7th of April 2012. Dempsey with a brace and Diara scored with the third goal. Uh, Liverpool we mentioned, which was ninth. Wigan we mentioned, which was eighth. The seventh was West Bromwich Albion, where we beat them 2-1 on New Year's Day 2013. Berbatov and Kakaniklic with the goals, and Lukaku Lukaku scored the West Brom goal. And sixth was Spurs, we mentioned. And fifth was Swansea, where Fulham beat them 3-0, the 19th of May 2013. Berbatov, Kakaniklic, and Erby Emanuelson with the goals. Sunderland, fourth, we mentioned. Crystal Palace, third, we mentioned. Norwich, second, we mentioned. But the first goal was Aston Villa, where we beat them 2-1 on the 5th of April, 2014. Richardson with a screamer, and Rodriguez's header won it late on. Rodriguez, why did we, we miss you so much? Anyway, so there you have it. And now I will list out the facts about this 
player. All right, flight number one. And obviously, if you get one to three, you can get four points and so on and so forth. All right, flight one. This player is six foot four tall. Flight number two. He played at the 2014 World Cup and at the Euro 2016. Flight number three. He was born in the Royal Borough of Greenwich, London. Fact number four, he made 19 appearances in all competitions. Fact number five, he has four, <clears throat> he has 1.4 million followers on Twitter. Fact number six, in 2009 he made his debut as a sub against Everton for the last game of the season. I might, I might know this. Go on. Uh, is it Sidwell? All right, I'm going to freeze you there. You're going with Sidwell at number six. Okay, so you can potentially overtake him. Eh? All right, and I'll list the seventh and see what Matt wants to do. He didn't get any. No oh, he didn't yeah. score any goals for Fulham at the right end, but did score an own goal. Sorry, I'm going to say that again. That sounded really dyslexic. Seven. He didn't score any goals for Fulham at the right end, but did score an own goal at Stamford Bridge. Fact number eight. He was on the bench for the Europa League final. Fact number nine, <laughs> he has since gone on to win the Europa League with his current club, Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's should it. I, well. should, should I give fat? Should I should, should I give fat number ten? Just for I might get like, on. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'll go get on. it. I'll get it right. No, it's Chris number Morning, right? Yeah. All right. And just in case, well, it might not be. Let me just name that number ten. He is a centre back. <laughs> so, um. Are you still sure? Yeah, it's Chris Smalley. You get the point. Well done. It's nine seven to Matt. Nice one, mate. Nice I don't know. That one. sure sounded and... like uh, a Sidwell to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jenny didn't have that for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Chris Smalley, the ginger Sidwell. Anyway, let's. Um... He doesn't even have ginger. Hair, I think. Anyway, cut that out. That's terrible. Anyway, and Matt, for your prize, we are going to give you an AK forty seven blank round, which comes into full full fruition every time. He steals a ball off our striker and misses a penalty. So please take this invisible gift from me to you. Thank sir. you very much. You're very, very welcome. All right. Now, after this, we're going to have a little talk about the FA Cup, how we'll line up, and then a little bit of transfer gossip. Fulham. All right, guys, we'll make this quick. This is just to talk about the FA Cup game against Oldham. How would you line up for this? I can see myself personally us just going for playing the kids, maybe give Cissé the full 90 minutes. Maybe AK starts as a striker, but I don't see us doing anything fruity. What, what do you think, Don? Do, how, how would you take this game? I would probably, me personally, take the players, give them a rest, a lot of the, the players, and I say let's play some of the kids along with some of the guys that have been on the bench. So for me... Uh, I think it would be a thing where I let K-Mac come in, uh, Johansson come in, but then we go to, you know, our PL2 level and we bring back in like Delatore, we bring in uh, Stevens uh, Session instead, you know, and, and let's yeah. see some of these other players, especially Steven, because I really think he could be a better alternative in my mind. I'd like to at least see this. If we're going to tinker, let's tinker. I think he could maybe be a better alternative than Odoy or Christie, you know, out there on the right-hand side. So let's see him play. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that's great. And I also, I think Reese will give me a pat on the back for this, but I'd like to see um, Aaron Davis, our Welsh under-23 centre-back, and give him some game time, because Claudio might be impressed. He's certainly impressed with the under-23s as a centre-half. Now, Matt, what are your feelings about the uh, about the FA Cup game? How should we approach it? Well, Don says give them the rest, but I don't think they deserve one uh, the way <laughs> they've been playing this season. So, you know, when, when they... Uh, comprehensively beat a team in the league they can have a rest but for now I think we need, we need them to get as many minutes together as they can um, I would rest Mitro because uh, he give, he obviously gives 100% uh, and and you know we we if he gets injured then we're doomed completely completely doomed <laughs> yeah. so so give him a rest start AK up front but I want to see um, like you say I want to see Cissé start again in the middle because he did well and keep the back five or back seven whatever you want to call them back six <laughs> um just keep them consistent give them minutes together and because you know they're, they're still trying to learn this system so it's a game a free shot at um you know getting more uh minutes under their belt together in a particular way of, of claudio's uh the way he likes to play yeah, i can see good. doing a combination you know uh yeah let's let go ahead and keep fairly solid the the back three to five with the exception of, I'm sorry, on that right side, I'd still rather see Steven play right now and just see what he could do uh, than Odoy or freaking Christie. So one of those two sits, and I would I would like to see Sess at least. And then I could see, like he's saying, let AK uh, be up top, and then that way we don't take a chance of some stupid little knock on Metro. But I still, in the midfield, I wouldn't mind seeing – uh, some of these other guys, Delatory and different ones coming into play, uh, and some of the guys on the bench, you know, let them have a run. And maybe, you know, we'll see something that K-Mac could be maybe the holding defensive midfielder every now and then because he's not seeing any minutes. And then, you know, maybe even throw in another surprise if we're doing well, get the youngster Harvey uh, Elliott out there and let's see what he can do. Yeah, exactly. I can see Harvey Elliott definitely having a game. And I like your point about Steven Cessna as well, because let's not forget he just signed a contract extension. Well, uh, and he's finally healthy. You know, he was really struggling with some injuries. So he's finally healthy. Let's see what he could do. I I think Steven Cessna aside, any players that we can't bring in to play against Oldham, I just don't think they're going to be of use to us as we try and survive in the Premier League. So... Hmm. You know, I think we just don't throw it away as a game just to give minutes to youngsters. Treat I'm not saying throw it away. Training games, exercise. I want to win every game. Don't throw it away. I'm just saying. I, 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 I don't mean. I don't mean throw yeah, it away as in don't don't win. I mean th- treat it as a game where we can practice our system. You want it to be more of a training session. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, for me, I I, I don't mind the training session, especially uh, on the back four. But I just would love to see uh, some opportunity, and this is a perfect chance, to let's see some of these other guys and see if they might have something that they could offer for us staying up in the league, you know. Especially, like I said, with Steve. I just think he deserves a shot of at least being on, on our bench and offering an opportunity. He can't be any worse than Christie and oh, Toy in my mind. So yeah. give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah, give him a shot. Very good. And I think, I mean, Matt, you were saying about, you know, 
the survival thing. I mean, this brings on something that I now want to talk about, if you're happy to, guys. Um, I would like to talk about the uh, January transfer window gossip. because Bring it on. You know, there's the, there are some rumors today, and I think we should just talk about only the rumors that we've actually heard in the tabloids. We won't go into what we think we need, what we do want, because then that will just go into our lovely Xmas blog list of what we wanted. But so far today, we have had rumors for Gary Cahill, a six-month loan deal from Chelsea looking very imminent um, and very likely. Arsenal are no longer interested, apparently. And the other one is Derek Boyata, a centre-back from Celtic. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this, guys? I'll start with you, Don. You wanted, I mean, you were talking about that that right that right-sided centre-back that we needed, that strong guy. I mean, Cahill plus experience, surely he fits the bill, no? Uh, he definitely fits the bill. And for whatever reason... I just earlier happened to be looking at uh, what what his amount of appearances are for his club. And it was like, you know, over the last couple of years, he's done 37, 27, those kind of numbers as far as appearances. And this year he's only had one. So for whatever reason, this year he's really fallen out with the, the, uh, the manager. If he's fully fit and ready to go, I don't see why we don't go for it and drop him right in. You know, he, he could be no worse than what we're doing right now in my mind. So I yeah. said go for it. Nice one. And you, Matt, what are your thoughts on those two centre-back pairings that we've had links with? Uh, Gary Cahill I'd be more than happy with. Uh, some people have kind of picked up on the fact that he's, maybe he's only doing it to, you know, for a trial to get a better move in the summer. But, you know, if, if it benefits us, then so be it. I don't care. Exactly. He's not going to stay with us if we go down, is he? So let's <laughs> let's bring him yeah. in. He can he can only make things better. There's no way he can make our defence worse. So I'm all, yeah. all for that. Boyata, possibly he can make our defence worse because he wasn't very good at City. But I, I must admit, I haven't seen a lot of him since he's been at Celtic. Yeah, he, He's he's a big unit, uh, something we, we do lack in our, in our defence. So, you know, if Claudio thinks he's the right one, then so be it. And I seem to remember Wes Morgan once upon a time was decent championship level player and he became a, a good Premier League player. So maybe the same thing can happen with Boyata, but Gary Cahill is a no brainer for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Gary Cahill, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm 95% certain that this is definitely going to happen by the judging by the amount of amount of news outlets and social media saying it's pretty much over the line. I'm, I'm almost certain. And like you said, it brings in, with Mawson injured for God knows how long, hopefully not too long, he he fills in that leadership quality that you talked about so much with him wanting Mawson to be captain. So I feel like he would do wonders for us and make us a hell of a lot more stable for sure. Um, anyone want to add so, anything? <laughs> John, if, if he's, let's say they're bringing in Cahill, okay? Now, yeah. if they, he comes in and I'm not sold on uh, the Boyetta, but let's say they both come in and they slot them both in right away. Do we stick with the kind of three, four, three, the, you know, where the, uh, if it becomes a five in the back or a five in the midfield, or mm. do they go to uh, a traditional Ranieri will play, you know, the four, four, two, he's done it a lot, or he used to do it a lot at uh, Leicester city. So do, do you think they we stick with what we're doing or they're bringing them because he specifically wants to change his formation more well, to his defensive mind. I've got a feeling I'm not too sure yet 
it depends how quickly the next transfer happens. But if Cahill happens, which well, when Cahill happens, whatever happens next will be very telling. If it's another centre back, then that makes me think he'll stick with five. But if he starts getting, uh, if he starts getting right back happy or an extra striker with pace happy, we start to potentially see a four four two potentially forming. But we still need that centre midfielder, that Danny Drinkwater, that. Morgan Schneiderlin or that, you know, right. just that guy who is just going to absolutely just boss it in front of the defense and stay there and just be that guard. Um, so I think I think it will be very telling whatever happens after the centre-back, what formation that Claudio is going to be picking. Okay, well then let me ask, Matt, let me ask you this. If he brings in Cahill and we stick with, you know, kind of the 3-4-3 the three, three, and you've got, let's say... Uh, Lima Sean more as your true left back or center back, left center back, with Cahill playing your real right center back. Hopefully, we do something else besides a doy out there on the right hand side, and maybe that's where the uh, Nathaniel Klein is coming in. You know, maybe he's going to be that guy that takes that over. Or, like I said earlier, I don't mind seeing Steven Sessignon sitting in there. My question is this then, doesn't that mean we really don't have to worry so much? I mean, it'd be great to get a better holding center back, but if you've got a person like Cahill who can take charge, Matt, don't you think Chambers and Ream could pretty much handle that role for now and we could worry about other positions that we really need to be worrying about, like a backup striker? You mean, you mean in midfield? Yeah, in midfield. Uh, I, I don't think Chambers is the answer i mean he's good at getting in the way and breaking up play but his passing is nowhere near good enough if we're going to play two in two in the middle they need to both be good with the ball as well well Uh, i thought he did great what what was that game j mac where he kind of led did his little uh tap dance right around two three defenders and was getting shots off so yeah, I mean, he's he's capable of it, but overall, he gives the ball away more than he he keeps it. I think he's a bit rushed with his passing, okay. and certainly when we don't have a lot of the ball, I don't think that's what we need. I mean, I, I like him, but I still think we need a better player in that position. I mean, don't get me wrong; I, I always think we could get to the next level or do better with another level player. You know, who's somebody who's on the next level? But for me. Yeah. If we got in a great center back, and this is J-Mac, you can say you're crazy or whatever, and I'll accept that. But I I personally think I'd rather worry about the right side more than if Chambers is healthy and we are able to put Ream in that spot. Um, No, I get what you're saying. I don't worry about the right backs and and a backup striker, you know, for for, uh, a true striker uh, for Metro. I think I think you're right. I think uh, I think the right. I'm like you said at the beginning. It comes full circle now. It's good that uh, you know the right side is something we should be focusing on more than the left. I can see a centre back happening, a right back happening, um, a secondary striker either to go alongside Mitro or as backup in case God forbid he gets injured. But I do think I do hope that there is a sort of that Danny Drinkwater that we all want on the list somewhere that is being looked at right now. I do hope so anyway, but we shall see. Um, 
All right, guys. Thank you very much, gentlemen. It has been awesome to hear your lovely voices again, and especially after a long winter break for ourselves. Well, Christmas break, whatever, mince pie break. Thank you to my co-host and to all of you listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and tell all your friends about us. And once again, we are on Spotify now, so get on that. And you will hear from us again next Tuesday, where we discuss Oldham and some more some more transfer gossip, I hope. So in the meantime, send us your thoughts and any talking points or things you'd like to see discussed on the show or on Twitter using the hashtag Full and Focus. So that is goodbye from me, and that is goodbye from Don. Uh, good Goodbye, everybody. Happy New Year again. Legend. And goodbye from Matt. Goodbye, mate. Pleasure. Nice one. See you soon, guys. See you soon.